As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Hello and welcome to From the Recruiting, a podcast about a life following Watford Football Club brought to you by The Athletic. Uh, it is Sunday and Watford lost to Man City yesterday. We've been here before, but it wasn't as bad as one time before, was it, Mike? <laughs> well, our podcast post the uh, 8-0 was terrible, wasn't it? Uh, yes, I did enjoy that. and uh, <laughs> I haven't enjoyed many games against Manchester City, actually, in the uh, in the past couple of years. But I, I t- well, we got out unscathed, didn't we? And we're still smiling just just. Uh, Jason's here also. Good evening, Jason. Good evening. Because, uh, you know, boys, we are at the end of, we've made it through the nightmare run of games, which we, Mike, y- yourself and I, and, and Kelly Summers, we had a chat about the coming season. And this was just sitting there the whole season yeah. like, with big flashing red lights and, you know, poking sticks ready for us. <laughs> and it was, it just, it felt like it was going to be or it could be the thing that was going to destroy us. And if we made any sort of Great start to the season, which we didn't. It could be the thing that ruins our rest yeah. of the season. But we are in a very weird space. Now, now, are you looking at this as one win and four defeats? Or, like myself, where actually what happened was we drew against Manchester United, Arsenal and Leicester City. And we've only yeah. lost two yeah. games against Chelsea and, and Man City. And, and we're only minus two in the goal difference after all those games. If, you, if you'd had offers us three draws from that group of five games we'd have absolutely bitten your hand off and in terms of points that's effectively what we've got but I think potentially we've got something even more valuable than that and that might sound a little bit weird obviously points wouldn't (laughs) more points wouldn't have gone amiss but we've got an identity we've got a bit of belief and we I think as supporters what we've got is an indication that these players aren't just going to roll over they're not going to lie down they believe in what they're trying to achieve under Claudio Ranieri. They believe in each other. They believe in the boss and they believe in their ability. And I think for us to come out of this clutch of, of games, that's probably for me the most important thing because we're going to have a really, really tough time of it now. We've got the games that really count, if you like, We've the games where we really have to pick up points. And you mentioned that, John, going into this this clutch of really difficult games, we, we fluffed our lines far, far too often. 
and what you want to have going into the, the these big big games that are coming up is confidence and i think we've earned the right to go into them with with confidence yes more points would have been better for sure but i think all things considered i'm feeling probably better than i thought i would uh, at this date when we look to look forward to the fixtures and even at the, at the day before this this little group of fixtures commence so yeah can't say better than that really no, a slightly happy mic is an amazing achievement <laughs> by everybody. Jason, what was your favourite defeat? <laughs> my <laughs> my favourite... Was, was that a song by the Cardigans? <laughs> <laughs> favourite game, yes, uh, 1998. Oh, uh, well, which was the best defeat? Do you think? I mean, you, you might look at it in terms of the one that we, we got through the best, but maybe the one where we, we learnt the most about ourselves. I don't know. I think the, the, the Chelsea one felt good, particularly as the um, the opposition realised that they were they were lucky. In fact, they were Tuchel's exact words, weren't they? Thomas Tuchel's exact words were, "They were lucky to to win." And I think we could sort of, we came out of that game with our heads held high. And I think you said, John, after the game, that, that actually quite annoyed you in the end. You you weren't expecting to be annoyed by a defeat because we got so close. You end up being annoyed, so that's that's probably the, the one. The Arsenal one, we got annoyed for different reasons, didn't we? Um, which wasn't very palatable or enjoyable at all. So I'd probably say the Chelsea one. Now we are though after a de- defeat against Manchester City, as we've mentioned before. This is not a new place that we are going to be at. Jason, let's talk about the, the, that 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 game in particular. Let's start with defence because that's where the grumblings uh, from the fans seem to have started, um, and. It's always easy when you let goals in that that's where you're going to start your grumblings. But they were against Manchester City's attacking line. Manchester City's attacking line, which compromises, I think, the majority of their players bar um, Edison in goal because they all get involved. And this isn't a Manchester City podcast, but we probably do need to duff our hats to the way they play. We've been, I'm not sure if lucky is the right word, but let's go with it anyway. Lucky enough to see the European champions and the league champions at Vicarage Road in the last five days or whatever. But if you ask me, I think Man City look a class above Chelsea alone. Perhaps it's perhaps Watford as a team have the same fear factor that I do about Man City. They're just so, so good. And this season they're, they're playing without this sort of reliance on a striker, on any striker, it seems. We seem to struggle with that concept defending against that concept as well and and uh, yeah we're okay we're not the only ones other teams are coming up against them as well other teams but i mean palace beat them but i think to to beat city you've got to be absolutely 100 percent perfect and city have to have an off day and and we weren't 100 percent perfect last night we were getting caught out by uh by the, the quick tempo the movement something with city that I, I've, I've spotted this before when we've played them before at times, they almost sort of line up in a sort of rectangle shape. They've got the boys sort of playing the ball, waiting for an opening sort of along the back line. They've got their widest players are hugging, hugging the touchline sort of either side. They're, they're making the pitch as wide as they possibly can. And then everyone else is sort of lined up alongside sort of finding the gaps in our back line, ready to sort of spring any trap or any ball over the top or... or looking for the spaces then again to come and drop deep and pick the ball up but it just looks really weird this sort of rectangle and you're sort of really not sure how to defend against it because they don't have these sort of focal point strikers so to speak different players are tr- trying to find the gaps in our defense are then sort of making quick darts forward 
to make themselves available and to sort of look to get in behind. Um, our midfield defenders are sort of being pulled all over the place. And you can see that last night. I'm sure we'll talk about Danny Rose in, in a bit, but particularly our, our centre-backs seem to struggle against it. There were times in the first half you could see the gaps between Cathcart and Troost were, were way too big and Gundogan and Grealish were sort of wandering into those holes whenever they sort of felt like it. And in the second half, I noticed there are a couple of times, one, Troost has, has been sort of pulled out of position by Gundogan, massive gap there. He's like five metres ahead of where Kiko and Cathcart are. Cancelo spotted it straight away. He's then run into the gap. We're all out of sorts. And what's actually happened, it was right before um, the, the third goal. The goal hasn't come directly from Cancelo, but the ball's obviously then gone out to our left-hand side where most of our problems were. Um, and then they've got the third goal. And then not long after that, again, Troost is sort of standing almost in line, not um, across the pitch, but in front of Cathcart, about two metres in front of him. He's realised Sterling has found the space where he should be. He sort of sprinted over to Sterling. And then as he sort of got his bearings as to where he is in sort of in line with the rest of his defenders, Sterling's then lost him, got in behind him, made the run. They've played the ball through. Luckily, Kiko was awake and he sort of come across and made the tackle. And you sort of, it's things like this that were going all the time. But it's, it's sort of, yes, we know what our weaknesses are in defence, but you can see the strength of City's play means that it just made it so, so much harder. It's, it's almost feels a little bit mealy-mouthed to talk about the mistakes that led to the City goals because the reality is they could have been home and hosed after, what, 15, 20 minutes? They were absolutely all over us and, yeah, we found it very, very difficult defensively. But if you do look at the three goals, um, I think the, the, the first goal, where's the marking? <laughs> Was anyone anyone worried about uh, Raheem Sterling after, after three or four minutes as well? We talk about how difficult it is to, to play against Manchester City when you have to stay switched on for the whole time. You have to be sort of hyper alert the whole time, whether you've got the ball or whether you haven't, just because of the damage they can do. But not to have someone picking up Raheem Sterling in that area after that amount of time was was pretty ludicrous I thought for the for the second goal we we missed an opportunity to get rid of the ball yes it's a good great finish and yes he sort of you know Bernardo Silva top of his game goes past them and and slots it but we need to make it harder you look at the yellow shirts around him at the time that for me wasn't really good enough and again a good finish for, from him for the third as well but but does Danny Rose do enough I don't know so it's it's now at the stage defensively where it's just absolutely undeniable that we are we are in a whole world of trouble because we can't keep goals out. You know that we've now under since um, Claudio Ranieri joined, we've now conceded the most goals in the Premier League. Um, it's fifty goals in the Premier League since we've conceded since our last clean sheet. And we are just, you know, poor old William Trustikong. It, it feels like he's got the whatever the defensive, whatever the centre back version of the yips is, because he just looks like he's lost it completely. The ball could come to him in a in a non threatening tie, in a non threatening situation. No one bearing down on him. He's just looking to head the ball to a to a colleague, and he's and he's almost fluffing that. He's under hitting it, or it's coming off the top of his head instead of the, the of his forehead. And the the alarm bells in terms of the defence. Have been ringing for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and we do have to caveat it with the fact that we were playing Manchester City and we could play at the top of our game and they'd still beat us three, four, five goals to, to nil or, or to one, whatever. So, But, the, you know, this has been happening and that we're now at, it feels like we're at a, a crossroads, really, for me, because we're going into games effectively a goal down. And, you know, we, we're going into games knowing that we need to score at least one to get a point and two, three or four 
to win it, and it's it's totally un- unsustainable. I mean, it is unsustainable where we are at the moment, but you say crossroads, and the crossroads I have in my head is the fact that we do have players to come back. My problem with the defence and the centre pairing, more than anything, is the fact that the pairings aren't really working. There is no leader back there. You've got Craze Cathcart, who you can't knock, who does the right things, who does, of course, make mistakes, as every level centre-back of Watford's squad would, would naturally do. But there isn't that thing. You know, Kulu with Troost might actually be better. In Kulu with Kathgar, in Kulu, you know that sort of seniority and that that you know someone who's taking control of that back line. That's what we're missing more than anything for me, and it's the combinations that are going to be the really powerful thing. And they weren't great yesterday, but I tell you, it was quite good. Jason, Daniel Barkman made some pretty pretty impressive saves to make it not ten nil. He did, didn't he? Especially early on, Mike said earlier that, and, and as did Pep Guardiola, saying that that game could have been done and dusted after fifteen minutes. And I think it was mostly down to uh, to Daniel Backman and the saves that he made early on. And then there were, uh, I think, a couple more in the second half where he's done well. Even the second goal, the, the, the first save has been good. I think he, yeah. if if, he, if you're going to point any sort of, put any fault on him, that second goal, after he made the save, perhaps he didn't quite get his bearings right and he was sort of beating his near post. But ultimately it was uh, it was a good performance from, from Daniel Backman, which is pleasing to see after the, the rather public announcement that he felt he deserved first-team football because since he'd been back in the team, it hadn't quite looked that he did deserve his place. Uh, but, yeah, uh, last night was, was much better and he even took one in the crown jewels for us to save the goal. So, um, you can't fault that. Which, which is exactly the feeling that you get watching Watford against Man City. So, I think it's probably only fair that one of, one of, the, one of the players feels exactly what it's like as a supporter for the last, what, three, four, five seasons. Uh, Mike, but the, the one who's getting the most uh, criticism uh, and focus, let's say, is Danny Rose. I, I look at it some, in some way with him. I can't put my finger on it, what it is with him. Has he just had two terrible games against the two best teams in the country, in the world maybe, in Liverpool and Manchester City? Is, it, is there more to it or are we looking at him in the wrong way, do you think? Yeah, it's a really, really difficult one, isn't it? Because on the, on the face of it, he's, he's obviously got Premier League experience, European experience, international experience. And we've seen him play well for Watford. We've seen him, seen him done, done really, really well. And I think your question's a good one, John. I wonder whether there's a little bit of subconscious concern amongst us as supporters because we know over the last two or three seasons his career's hit a bit of a hump hasn't it he's he's gone off the rails a little bit for for a whole host of reasons and it's it's difficult to speculate because question marks over whether he actually still wants to be playing football I think in in terms of you know he's he's had a great career he's obviously financially set up for life does he need to be does he need to be really still pushing himself and I think that's a question that we think that that Danny Rose is prob- potentially grappling with is it is it that, that he's he doesn't want to push himself physically as a footballer I think he probably still does but we know everything he's gone through uh outside of uh, well in, in, in psychologically you know he probably hasn't gone through a lot and there's a probably a, a, you know that that's a harder thing that you want to sort of get yourself through but he is playing and and like I say he I don't think he's he's terrible and I I can't put my hand in my heart and and say he, who my first choice would be for left back between him and and Messina if if they were fit i think that's the problem john isn't it for us as supporters because there is no one else and then when you see a performance yes it was against manchester city but it just felt lacking in in spark and focus and 
Jason, and you've just spoken about Daniel Backman, and I thought he actually summed up the, the Watford performance pretty well in as much as it was wholehearted and committed throughout. I don't think any of them really gave up. I thought they actually gave really, really good accounts of themselves in, in very difficult circumstances. But the one that you would potentially question is is Danny Rose. Now, don't get me wrong, anyone having to play in defence against Manchester City is entitled to feel a little bit sorry for themselves. <laughs> it's, it, it is a thankless, thankless task for, for, for the most part. But as, as fans, we look at it and we think that's, that's what we've got at left-back. Really, that's the that's the only um, specialist left back we've got available to us. And how do we feel about that? And I think when you see him getting given the run around, like he he was on on against Manchester City, like he was against Liverpool, when the when the chips were really down against the high end operators, he was found wanting pretty completely, wasn't he? And did we get the same level of? Uh, focus and commitment and sort of just giving everything he'd got to keep the score down or to keep Watford in the game for as long as possible. Not sure. Not sure. Yeah, not sure that's what it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah ultimately. And, and I, But I think the, the whole thing, it's just that knowing that we've got no one else, knowing that, they, that we're so threadbare back there, that, that exacerbates it all. Coming out of the ground, I'm thinking, well, that's N'Gakia in for in for Brentford, certainly. But is Danny Rose a different footballer against a team like Brentford or Burnley or Crystal Palace at home? He was at Norwich, wasn't he, Mike? He was absolutely. He Norwich was. was probably one yeah. of his best, one of his best uh, games this season, if not his best. And is he turning into like um, you used to describe Gerard Delafoe sometimes as a flat track bully? Is that what he is? Is he only going to be able to step up against the sides that we we should be beating anyway? Because I thought he did okay when he came on against Chelsea. In fairness. Um, and that was that was as part of a, a, a better and more offense-led performance, of course. But you know, he, he got thrown on after after twelve minutes in in difficult circumstances for a whole host of reasons. And I thought, you know, he he didn't catch the eye as being the weakest of uh, of our weak link, which is the uh, the defense. Then did he? So look, mm. it's, we've got to be important. Not you've got to be careful not to throw the the baby out with the with the bathwater. Um, but it just feels like there's so many issues at the back there that another one like that is is something that we can really really do without and you know Claudio Ranieri and his staff have really got a, a job on their hands and so have so have Gino and, and Scott really because I, I, I think about Claudio Ranieri and I think about what he's delivered in terms of turning around this squad turning around our belief into in, in this squad and making them fun to watch and enjoyable to watch and competitive but I do wonder, he must be thinking, gosh, I've got them sort of scoring goals and looking threatening, but what on earth am I supposed to do with what we've got at the back here? You mentioned there, Mark, you know, the, you know Ngakia you know, should start yeah. maybe, some say, against Brentford. You know, Jace, is that a straight swap for, for Rose? Or at least, you know, f- you know, Kiko would go over to the left if we know he's played there, Ngakia on the right. Do you think that's the best thing to do? I think so, because our options are, are, are pretty limited... Otherwise, aren't they? I mean, who who else would you play there? I, you you wouldn't change the system, would you? I suppose the other thing is, could you go to a a flat back three um, and maybe play wing backs? Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't change the system at this stage. So I think yeah, having our two right backs on the uh, on the field as as full backs, one on the right, one on the left, 
and yeah, Ngaki had a, a, he had a decent run of it when he came on on uh, on Saturday. You'd probably say, yeah, let's stick let's stick Ngaki there. Let's let's give him a go at left back. We know that Kiko had a good run at left back under under Pearson, but that was a couple of seasons ago, and I'm I doubt that Ranieri and his team have great knowledge of that. They may have been told about it, but. They can only trust what they see, and if they they liked what Ngaki did when he came on, they'll probably give it a go in training this week, and um, and we take it from there. Danny, yeah, you'd still have him in the squad, wouldn't you? You'd still have him on the bench, but is this another an opportunity to sort of fire a warning shot at him? Transfer window's not far around the corner. Uh, are Gino and the boys going to be looking for another left back? Come on, Danny, sort yourself out. Otherwise, you're not going to get much game time from uh, from January onwards. Well, I think whatever happens, I think we, you know, I don't know how long exactly Messina is going to be out, but we're, we'll probably need someone else at, at left back when it, when it, whenever it's possible. The question is who and 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 how much is Gino and Scott prepared to pay in some ways? But I think if anything, Ngakia needs because we're so threadbare. You know, a game against Brentford, you know, that's the game to give him a start to sort of to get him going and. He's heading the better, uh, ready for, for being a, a strong option uh, for, for Claudio. In the midfield, Mike, it's weird because it's so strong, but that's where Claudio makes quite decisive changes, particularly yeah. at half-time. You know, looking at Tom Clevery, you know, he, he played the entire game against Manchester United, been taken off at 45 minutes uh, against uh, Leicester and against Manchester City and didn't play in the Arsenal game. Is that tactical? Do you think it's purely tactical? The fact that he is just <laughs> the terrier that is cleverly, that's the thing that he's saying, I just don't need that at the moment. I want to put someone else in. And is it great that he has all these options, Claudio? Yeah, I think I think for me the the substitutions are proactive and they tend to be because of the state of the of the game and, and having to, to, to change things up for whatever reason. Um, yesterday we were, what were we, 2-0 down at half-time, miraculously, um, and, and probably just wanted to... To freshen things up and and maybe with one eye on, on on future games even perhaps yesterday I think that was that was a big thing for me was getting all the key components of our side through that game a unscathed b without picking up a red card or a, or a suspension or anything like that so I think what we've seen from Ranieri he's, he is very very willing to make changes at the at, at an early stage and I I like that. I think it's probably been forced on him more often than not because we the, the games have been pretty manic, haven't they? Really thinking about Leicester and thinking about yesterday where we could have been really four or five down before in the in the blink of an eye. But I like our midfield, John. I, I think it's good. We've we spoke about about Imran Loser with Adam and DCW in the week. He continues to, to to show glimpses of being a really really good footballer, and we're starting to see why the club were willing to to pay the the money for him, and we're, we're excited to bring him in. I think Musa Sissoko is going from from strength to strength. Uh, I definitely have him in for a little bit of extra shooting practice, um, but I think he's he's proving to be a, a hugely hugely important uh, part of that that midfield, and and he's a captain. He's leading by example. He. He's all over the pitch and is he's almost the flag bearer for, for Watford 2.0, if you like, this season. Just his sort of all energy, all action, and confident, trying to make things happen. And, you know, cleverly is the perfect foil 
for for both of them. You know what we get from him. Snapping into tackles, he, he gets around, gets up and down, speaks to the referee a lot as well, which I think, you know, little things like that, that sort of, he's not the captain, but he is a sort of uh, captain by default, a vice captain, if you like. Yesterday, in pauses in play, you'd see the City players sidling up to the ref and making sure that he, he'd heard about this, seen that. Did you notice that? Have you seen it when he did that? So uh, the midfield, I think, is is good and is functioning well. I'm really, really fascinated to see what they can do next week against against Brentford and Burnley, uh, whether they can impose themselves on, on those sort of sides because someone made the point on, on Twitter to me, called Michael, who, voiced, who echoed exactly my question, I suppose, is whether this midfield can match the intensity levels uh, against the teams that are you know, in and around us, that we're not going into these games as such market underdogs. Yes, we're away from home, so I suspect uh, uh, from the bookies' point of view, we will be uh, we will be the underdogs, but we will be fancying ourselves in these games to, to get something from them. And when you turn up against Man City, when you turn up against Chelsea, when you turn up against Man United, you know when you cross that white line, you have to give it all. Um, and you should, they're the games that excite you as professional footballers, I'm sure. So now they have to replicate that extraordinary levels of, of commitment and, and energy and, and focus and, and, and passion really in these in these games that we have to get something out of. So I think the midfield is 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 cause for for optimism. There's a really nice balance I think between the, the guile and craft of Imran Loser and the and the sort of all action uh, work that, that you get from Musa Sissoko and, and Tom Cleverley. It feels like a nice blend. It feels like we've hit upon a nice little collection in, in the midfield there, uh, now it's over to them. Well, I look at it and I sort of say, nothing solid there. I don't think I've definitely got a starting, you know, three in midfield, or I wouldn't, I'm not feeling particularly, a, a one particular setup is the thing that we must have. And that feels quite good. And, you know, it's nice that he has those sort of riches to pick from, from for Claudio, especially with Kuchka coming back from injuries uh, to add a, hopefully a headache for him in terms of selections or give more options off the bench at least. And, and two fan we haven't really seen for a couple of games. Jace, though, the, the, the biggest headache, maybe, is it, though? Is it the biggest headache for, for Claudio? Is the, uh, the attacking front three? Um, we've seen for the last two games, a start of Jao Pedro, King and Dennis. Uh, we weren't sure if Dennis would start, if his injury either you know, had stopped him or maybe uh, will stop him in the, in the coming weeks. But that seems all right so far. But we saw Hernandez come on and score his second goal for, for Watford this season. Did he, is, do you think he's shown enough yet to, to break into the starting uh, 11? <laughs> this feels like deja vu. I think it's only a few weeks ago you were saying to me, well, we saw Jao Pedro come on today. <laughs> do you think he's done enough to start? And I went, nah, let's leave him on the bench because he looks like he's, he's, uh, he's a good option. But we, no, we would have done that. We would have done that, though, wouldn't we? If Saar um, had not been injured, we probably, that's <laughs> yeah, probably where we would have been. Yeah, and I think I think I, um, I think at the time I said, let's start Cucho and, and bring... Pedro off the bench. Obviously, Pedro's now worked his way into the first team um, and done reasonably well. I think he perhaps he found it a bit tougher on Saturday evening, but you're still getting honest performances from him. Cucho, yeah, he had to. Obviously, he burst onto the scene, didn't he, when he came off the bench and, and scored that great goal against Villa. I think expectations immediately were raised 300% with that that sort of debut. He hasn't quite found his feet since then, but coming on yesterday, which is a very, very difficult thing to do. I mean, when, you, when you're when coming on, 
young lad game okay it's only 2-0 but it's against city we we knew which way it was going to go really but he didn't let that affect him he he sort of carried on he took his opportunity took his chance and you know he kept finding space out wide on the right he, he perhaps was a bit unfortunate there was a, an opportunity late on where ball great ball's been pinged across to him he just didn't quite get the touch right if he'd got that right he could have been in on for a for a second goal um even the goal itself, when that he scored, obviously didn't let the fact that the first effort didn't go in. He sort of kept his head on, followed up to to put the uh, to put the rebound in. So he, it was a perhaps a, a mature performance from him when he came on yesterday than we've seen recently. I think that sort of old head on young shoulders cliche klaxon going off there. I loved his performance. I loved it. The reaction for the for the goal was was extraordinary. That was that was brilliant they, they did pick up on it on, on I think it was match of the day he could have been forgiven for sort of wheeling away half celebrating when he when he looked like he'd slotted it in the corner but but not a bit of it it was a he had to be extraordinarily alert to, to get to get to get to that and, and put it in and I think his I think his performance summed up I mean you know we've been quite um downbeat perhaps about about yesterday and I know ultimately we, we we've been beaten again we've lost three times in a week we've conceded what nine goals in a week so we 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 don't need to be good turning cartwheels but I think what Hernandez's performance showed me was that that's someone who's fighting for a place in this squad. This is someone who 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 wants to be a part of it. This is someone who wants the ball, wants to do things, wants to do things for this for this team in this situation. And I think you're right, Jace. I think he he is looking more mature. It's not not quite so just head down and run with it and see where we end up. And it's not just shoot from here and and hope hope that's gonna 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 loop in or whatever. I think he it was sort of focused commitment. And and I really like that, and I think that that was that was the that was what I got from a lot of the Watford uh, players yesterday. They they didn't roll over, and and what I do like about Cucho is he's not he's not frightened. He don't, he never goes missing. Uh, he's got that lovely low centre of gravity. He can barrel forward. He looks like he means business. He's obviously got a decent decent touch. He can obviously finish, um, and I think the fact that he's starting to slowly but surely flourish a little bit and feel like I think he's got confidence in what he can what he can provide um, amongst this this sort of lovely uh, group that we've got up front at the moment and I, I thought it was a really promising performance up front from from him yesterday and he really really deserved his goal and I hope he gets the the credit that he deserves for being so switched on for for, for slotting it in but I also want to mention Joshua King because I, I think he continues to to look magnificent for me. The work that he does up there is 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 really really good. Yes, he had that that chance to make it three two. It was a smart chance, and and probably went a little bit wider than than I thought at the time. Um, and he'll be disappointed that he didn't at least test test Edison in goal. But I just think the the way he moves, his shape, his strength, he's so so valuable for us uh, at the moment in terms of what we're creating. Uh, Kucho grabbed the headlines yesterday. Pedro, we know what we're going to get from him. He's continuing to be an absolute monster. I think he's brilliant. And and Dennis is is, is getting all the headlines and, and all the admiring glances for obvious reasons. But I think one of the, the, the prime reasons they're able to shine is because of the work that, that Joshua King does. I think he he's he's brilliant for us. 
and he, he's so instrumental. We must must keep him fit, and I think we we he deserves a little doff of the cap for for the work that he continues to do. He's not getting the goals, but the work he does is 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 instrumental, and he looks every inch the number nine, and I I love it. I love watching him play. He's he, he's superb. I think coming back to that Cucho question, and the question was, does he has he done enough to get into the starting eleven? I think the difficulty is. Mike, you're absolutely right. He did look like a player fighting for his place and wanting to be in that starting eleven when he came on. But you alluded to the rest as well. They're all looking like that at the moment, and it's yeah. <laughs> and it's finding yeah, it's picking it's picking the right three. So I guess it comes down to how he wants to play and how he expects the the opponents to play as to which front players he goes for. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. From the Rookery End, a podcast about life following Watford FC. Now, we were worried at this point of the season, after this nightmare run, that we might need something to pep up the players. So from the Rookery End, we decided to hold a award ceremony. Thank you very much to everyone who came along this week. Uh, you know who you were, who drank a bit too much. We won't say on the podcast, but well done. But here are the highlights uh, from the award ceremony that we held earlier this week. Ladies and thank you. Thank you so much for joining us this evening at this special award ceremony that we put on just to, you know, make everyone feel a, a little bit brighter after the couple of losses Watford have had recently. Because uh, there are things to celebrate, of course. Uh, let's get straight on with the first award. The first award is the Annoying Excited Kid at Christmas who can't stop playing with his new toy award. And that goes to Ben Foster for all his new creator hobbies. The Marilyn Monroe, uh, if you can't handle me at my worst, you're sure as hell don't deserve me at my best. Uh, that award goes to Daniel Barkman for his uh, comments about leaving in January if he doesn't start. 
the Mark Morris, Gavin Mahon, Andre Gray Award for scapegoat of the season goes to, <laughs> maybe obviously, William Troost Icon. The Purse Award goes to Joshua King for cleaning out that Bournemouth dirt and scoring a hat-trick for the Hornets. The British Rail Award goes to Nicholas Nkulu for finally arriving, even though a little bit late. The IKEA Award for becoming part of the furniture finally goes to Craig Cathcart for somehow still being in the starting 11. The Vivian Westwood Award for costume customisation and flair goes to Kiko Feminia for his socks. Ooh, beautiful stuff. The Will Hughes Blondes Have More Fun Award goes to Kucho for his adventures with peroxide. And the f***ed off, they are trainers and you ain't coming in here award goes to Uri Kuchka for his slightly mad bouncer vibes. And the Sharwood Award goes to Emmanuel Dennis for the quality of his nutmegs this season. And finally, the Christopher Columbus How Did I End Up Here Award goes to Quadro Bar for somehow leaving Rochdale and ending up in the German under-21s. Thank you so much for coming, ladies and gentlemen. We hope you had a lovely evening and there's so much to celebrate as fans of Watford Football Club. Good, good night, good night, good night. Yeah, they, you know, the, the many deserve winners there. But do you feel like we, it, uh, the feeling I'm getting, I should say, from what we've been talking about for this game, that was at the end of a fourth defeat in a row, that actually we've got a lot more awards to give out at some point this season because there is good stuff to come, isn't there? I think so. Yeah, I, I do. Lovely I, commitment, I, I, Mike. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I'm I mean, not going to quit myself to positivity. I'm not doing it. <laughs> it's it's just such a it's such a weird one, isn't it? Because you know Ranieri's record under Watford is what two wins, six defeats in in eight games. No one's conceded more goals in the Premier League since Claudio Ranieri took over since at, at that date. So things aren't going our way on on paper. So I, I don't want to let myself get too carried away. But in the same, there's same no money breath, on this, Mike. We're not putting any money on. No one's going to be going after you for a bet. <laughs> <laughs> in, the, in, in the same breath, I've I've loved this week. Yeah. I had a real laugh at, at Leicester on on Sunday. I thought we were sensational against Chelsea. Disappointed we didn't get the get the win, and you know we came out with our dignity intact against against Manchester City, and we saw a lot to love um, from from a lot of players against against Manchester City, and in those games I mentioned. So from an entertaining point of view, they're delivering. From a fun point of view, they're delivering. We're now at the stage in the season where they've got to deliver the results. You know, Claudio Ranieri said it. Our season starts now. He's a serious grown-up football manager and we're starting to look like a serious grown-up football team in parts. So, yes, John, I think, I think you're absolutely right. I think that we, we, we are entitled to expect some fun and games and some reasons to be cheerful, some things to celebrate in, in the coming months. And I think that this, player, this group of players, they look committed. They look like they're up for it. They look like they know what their job is and they look like they're going to, to deliver on it. So I, I fully expect for us to have another award ceremony in a couple of months' time uh, and, and it's one that we should be able to to enjoy. It's I said, to, I said to someone on a text the other day, I think it was after the Chelsea game, I said something's stirring, something's happening with this team. We've, we've had to wait a little time for it to, to happen but I fe- it feels like we're on the cusp of something. 
they've got to go and deliver it now and not and not and not um, not mean that all this optimism in the face of, of bad results is uh, is unfounded they've got to go and deliver we can't lose sight of that when just because we've got through this clutch of five games it doesn't mean it's we're freewheeling we have to turn up and perform but the exciting thing is we've seen that they can do it. Everyone's conceding goals down at the bottom. We know what the defensive frailties are. It's over to the the, the people who can actually do something about it to, to either bring in reinforcements or work on how they're going to defend in matches. The rest of it is kind of taking care of its taking care of itself. So as a supporter, Brentford on Friday cannot wait. Cannot wait. Just just bring it on. Let's see what happens next. It's 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 building to hopefully an exciting sort of start of a crescendo, if you can have the start of a crescendo. <laughs> Jason, <laughs> I was reminded today, it's five years since a certain 5 nil drubbing of Fulham in West London, of course, uh, after a horrendous run of games uh, under Jakanovic, where we were, yeah, it was four, four defeats on the trot, similar to what we've had now, and he came back with a great win, and that was the, this was the start of our run uh, for promotion, I don't think this is going to be the start of our run for the championship in the Premier League. Just, just being clear on that. But do we think the Tinker Man, though, Jason, with this games coming up, which are going to be different from this high-level caliber, you know, opposition that we've had, is is he going to be tinkering a lot with this squad, or do you think he really knows what he needs to do? I'm sure he's got a clearer mind of what he wants to do now, um, and the performances, the recent performances, will have gone a long way to cementing that he's not done a massive amount of tinkering as he he's again this this weekend it was just the one in force change wasn't it from the previous lineup um but then what he does do is during the games if he needs to make changes he makes changes which is quite refreshing to to see i i guess it depends on how the the opposition will play against us as well i don't expect brentford to sit back against us i if we sort of think back, we've had we've talked about this tough run somewhere in the not too distant past. We had that horror show at home to Southampton where we thought, having seen the the result at Everton previously, we thought, okay, we have no problem against Southampton. They 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 blow hot and cold. We're at home. We should be able to handle them. So we can't go into the game at Brentford being all complacent and think. We'll be able to sort of steamroll them out of the out of the way. They're a good side. They've got a decent point at Leeds uh, this weekend. Probably unlucky not to get three with that late equaliser they conceded. So they're no they're no fools. They're no mugs. My biggest problem is I can't work out whether I like Thomas Frank or not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm, I, I mean, is it, it's admirable the money ball thing they they do, but um, yeah, it, sometimes it. I don't know. It, it, he's he's a bit like gets a bit excitable, like Klopp, and I don't mind Klopp, and I'm not sure whether I mind Frank or not. That's my biggest problem, not as not whether we're uh, how we're going to get on against Brentford. Anyway, well, over to you. <laughs> well, I'll tell you who I, I definitely don't mind, and that's Claudio Ranieri. I think no. he's 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 doing good things. I think it was a a good a good appointment, and I think a few people said, "Oh, why didn't we get him sooner? Why didn't we get him sooner?" Well, if ifs and buts are sweets and nuts, yada, 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 it probably, you know, the, the the cards wouldn't have fallen the way they did had we tried to make a change in the summer. We are where we're at. We've got what we've got. We've got the coaching staff we've got. And for me, it feels like it's it's coming together quite nicely. I think, you know, the Christmas period is frenetic, it's busy, there's lots of games. We can do our part as supporters, I think, as well. Let's try and make sure that we're 
noisy and supportive and let's keep this sort of good good feeling going they're dishing up some exciting football let's let's so let's get behind them let's enjoy it let's enjoy what we're seeing as as Watford supporters we might be in the Premier League for another couple of months we might be in the Premier League for another couple of years we might be in the Premier League for another couple of decades but let's enjoy it for however however long it lasts it's it's good fun being a Watford fan again and uh, and let's embrace it yeah we could it's hard statistically it's hard to say that Ranieri gave us a bounce but I certainly feel that we're going to be bouncing in the rookery end in plenty of games to come. Thank you very much, Jason. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much, Michael. Uh, you're welcome. Sorry to all the listeners. I've got another bunged up nose, so I, good, goodness only knows what I sound like. So, so sorry to everyone, and thanks for uh, for sticking with it this far. Oh, and a, and a big thank you to everyone who mentioned that we were their number one uh, listened to uh, oh, on their on their Spotify wrap <laughs> to the season. That was really, really nice just to know that people do do listen. It's still amazing to me after what 10, 11, 12 years of doing this podcast that that people listen with such <laughs> such regularity. So thanks to everyone who who flagged up and. Uh, Thanks to everyone for listening, as always, legends. Yeah, and remember, if you aren't a subscriber to The Athletic, then uh, your current deal is a 33, it's 33% off. Uh, so that's a third if you're a fan of fractions. Um, and you can get that if you go to theathletic.com forward slash rookery end, uh, where you can read the writings of the entire team, but particularly Adam Leventhal and the coverage of Watford. And of course, we'll be back on Thursday with another podcast uh, with Adam, uh, finding out what he's been writing about and what is going on, all the newsy stuff around Watford FC. But there's a big game on Friday night in West London in a brand spanking shiny new stadium at Watford take on Brentford. We're going to be there and come on you on! The Athletic.